here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Rest Roundtable number 12. Uh, I'm Arnold Furious. With me this evening are Rob Reed. Hello again. And Ollie Korth. Hey there. Um, so it's the, the Three Musketeers back again. Um, this week we'll be talking about uh, the much-hyped OTT Triple Threat match. Uh, we'll be talking about RevPro's new on-demand service. We'll be previewing the 16-carat gold tournament uh, from WXW this coming weekend. And we'll be doing some other little bits and pieces as well. Uh, but to start with, I'm going to throw over to Ollie, who's going to talk about OTT. Yeah, uh, Overtop Wrestling uh, from Ireland. Um, they've been getting a lot of buzz as of late, and their R-Ted show uh, back in February got maybe R-Ted. the most buzz of all. R-Ted. <laughs> um, Alan Forel, um, he obviously uh, was a big proponent of it, being Irish himself. Um, and the triple threat match that main event of that show um, of Ryan Smile, Will Ospreay, and Pete Dunne. Um, really, like, a much-hyped match for them, and really delivered in terms of in-ring quality, but, like, and it brought OTT to a new audience, I think it's fair to say. A lot of people wouldn't have known who they were, or I only had really seen the posters, or when Alan had been um, talking about them or tweeting about them. Um, this is the first show I'd ever seen, so for that it was a, a big success for them in that it got them a lot more publicity than they otherwise would have got. Um, did you guys, either of you guys see the Triple Threat or the entire show? Uh, I'm a filthy cheapskate, so I, I didn't actually <laughs> buy it, but then I didn't have time to watch it in the end anyway, so... Okay. Uh, yeah, I saw, the, I saw the main event, didn't have time to watch the whole show, but... Um... It was it was definitely the most tight match I've ever you know the promotions ever had. It's a relatively new promotion, but um, while before I was aware of them, this this was the the first match that got enough hype from the live crowd that I you know I I sought it out. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was for um the OTT No Limits Championship. Uh, I believe that's a top championship, or it might not be. They might have uh, like. Ah, uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Okay, so. Um, Dunn is like um, a established heel there and smile established face so role reversal from what I'm used to seeing them as um, in England 
Uh, Osprey, this is like his first appearance for them, and like much hyped, obviously, with Osprey going to New Japan soon and generally just killing it around the UK. Coming to Ireland, he was treated like a big star, so this was a really much hyped match, and I think it delivered entirely on the hype. Um, what do you think, Rob? Like, do you think the hype was justified? I, <laughs> I, I really didn't. I could I could understand why it was loved live. Um, it, it was like a crazy triple threat, loads of big spots. But on tape, I thought it came across really sloppy. Um, and those are the you had a couple of big botches, especially towards the end, that really killed the flow of the match for me. Um, and also there there were one or two bits where you had a, someone waiting around for the third person to to like get in the ring and do something to them. There was one spot where Osprey, um, I forget the exact move, but he did like a, a, a flipping sent on or something. And then he sat sat up and he was just waiting there for like three or four seconds, just sat up, not doing anything, just waiting. And then eventually Ryan Smile got in the ring and super kicked him. And like, those are the sort of things that when you're there live, you don't quite pick up on as much, I find. But on tape, it, 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 as I said, it killed the flow of the match for me. It, I, I still found it enjoyable, but um, not up there with Osprey's better work. It was certainly like a crazy spot first match designed for the live crowd to enjoy. So, like, obviously, so it's the... really good as a highlights tape, like, a, like a, because they had like a highlights video thing up on, um, yeah, like as a preview for it. It looked really good then. I think yeah. generally it flowed pretty well. Um, I didn't notice as much awkwardness as you noticed, Rob. Um, but it was... I, I think it flowed generally pretty well. Um, there was one botch towards the end where um, Osprey was doing like um, the springboard stuff and maybe going for a reverse Rana on Smile, I think, and they just kind of collapsed and just started trading elbows instead to get to the next spot, uh, which kind of brought down the ending for me. But, um, like, generally I thought it was just a very good, crazy match, and I think it perfectly suited to all three guys' styles. Like, Dunn got to play the heel, cutting off the other two high flyers, um, like, ruining the fun. Um, Smile, like, kept up with Osprey. He's one of the few people who really can, and... Um, Osprey, you know, he's imperious right now, <laughs> he can do no wrong so definitely really enjoyable, a few uh, awkward moments, but I generally I didn't, <laughs> I'm going to bury here Rob and say you're a nitpicker, but <laughs> I did generally didn't <laughs> nit nitpick it as much oh, as I you am. did <laughs> Yeah, um, it did a lot of the big things right, but I am someone who is pretty picky in that wrestling uh, and there, there was there was just enough that annoyed me that that took it down from that top top mm. must see level. I mean, I still I still enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, say about three and a half stars. So by no means anywhere near a bad match. It was definitely a good match. But um... I have to just interject there and say that Rob's star ratings are not kind of on on a line with everyone else's. So <laughs> probably a bit higher than that. Uh... I don't uh... I don't know anyone else that that rates as stingily as you. Uh, T.J. Hawk, great. Oh, T.J. Hawk, but he does it sort of in 
I wouldn't say he was roundly stingy. I'd say he was specifically stingy to when something really uh, riles him, like uh, no selling and stuff. That uh, he's more focused in his stinginess. I think you have more of a a wide range of stinginess. I mean, I can uh, counter that stinginess by going four and a half on this. Like I, I would say I don't like quarter stars, so I could cop out and give it four and a quarter. But uh, like. I feel like I the. Never understand that. <laughs> As I explained to you before, the difference having a quarter star is there to differentiate between a, four <laughs> and a half star match and a four star match. If it's in between, <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, but then, so then, you then, then do get into the what? What if you're halfway between four and four and a quarter? But Star Talk, the the best <laughs> podcast, of course. <laughs> I I'll 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 go positive and go four and a half because I think like the occasion of the match and like the buzz it had received and the crowd especially like the so crowd, responsive. I'd say was a, was a major highlight from that the crowd show. were crazy throughout the whole show for oh, basically everyone, um, and just like how responsive they were. Some of them may never have seen Osprey live before. Uh, yeah, just like a really I think special I would describe this match as certainly maybe not the best match all three of them have ever had um but like just a crazy match and i think it's worth going out of your way to see and worth buying the rest of the show to see if it, that if uh the company appeals to you would you say the standard was was any good across the rest of the show uh uh we'll, we'll talk about the rest of the show now um like it i would say it's very much in the mold of icw attitude era stuff that plays to the local crowd certainly, um, in the same vein as uh, ICW's very uh, uh, Glasgow-centric, this is very Ireland-centric. Like, you got, <laughs> like, Irish comedians running in in the middle of a match, like, dressed as, like, um, uh, Catholic priests, and, <laughs> like, uh, attempting to deck a, a woman who calls herself the Session Moth. So, <laughs> like, um, I had to... I had to I had a guess what Session Moth meant, but I had to uh, Google Urban Dictionary it just to make sure. <laughs> um, it's always good when you learn something from a wrestling show. <laughs> uh, uh, I think um, the match quality in general was alright, like, as far as uh, a mid-level indie goes. Um, it's, it, most of it was comedy-based. You got acts like the lads from the flats think Grado, but uh, like I, I've seen the lads from the flats are <laughs> so quite entertaining. I, I I enjoyed them. I think they they were the best act on the undercard for me. Um, they they had that kind of crossover appeal where they could do comedy, but also like get people invested in the match. And I think their opponents, who were the kings of the north, uh, were very good heels as well. So that was my favorite match on the undercard. I wasn't really feeling stuff like um, the session moth and the fabulous Nikki, um, but it, it's not really aimed at me. So there we go. It might appeal to other people, and if you give it a go, then like I would certainly recommend giving it a go in case it is for you. It, it from the little I saw as I was flicking through the rest of the show, it, it definitely felt like something very, very Irish. Um, <laughs> definitely. In the same way, ICW is is like a, a product tailor made for Scotland, and if you're not in Scotland, you you perhaps lose a little bit. I think I got the same sort of feel from OTT, if that makes sense. Mm. And uh, like the angle they ran in the semi-main event, where like um, the wards were like beating each other up 
for kind of no reason, and it was sort of just meant to be like a family in-flight, and then they sort of made up afterwards and then challenged um, the British pair of Charlie Garrett and T-Bone to come and sing God Save the Queen like they did last time. And then, yeah, just very, like, Irish. I imagine that got quite a lot of haste. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, in general, I thought, uh, fun show, maybe not for me, but I'm glad I at least gave it a go, and the main event, like, fantastic. So, I would say it's worth going to see, just to see what people are talking about, what we're talking about. Uh, and yeah, it's put them on the map, certainly. And they, they've newly got a... Um, they've newly started releasing shows on Vimeo On Demand, so you don't have to get the DVD and ship it over whatever sea um, is in between you and Ireland. Is this um, a, a cunning segue into the On Demand chatter? It wasn't actually intentional, but it does work rather well, so I, I guess we'll we'll move over. Um, so yeah, RevPro also launched a new on-demand service. Uh, previously, they were also on Vimeo On Demand, which is you buy each show individually. Uh, they've moved over to a, a streaming service. Well, I say they've moved over. They're, they're actually keeping their old one for if some people prefer that method. Uh, I'm not sure why you would, but um, some people are attached to downloading shows, I guess. Um, but but they they're moving over to Pivot Share, which is the same service as Progress Runs. Um, and for six pound a month, you can get full access to all their archive of shows, which runs back actually past um, the start of Rev Pro and slightly into IPW UK, which was what they they kind of um, were born out of. And then IPW UK came back. There was a bit of a split. Um, so they've got a few years of IPW UK in their archival footage, and then all of Rev Pro, including all the York Hall shows. Um, so if you're someone who's been waiting to dive into um, all the hyped York Hall matches, this is perfect for you. Um, uh, and they're, they're also going to be releasing their new uh, season two of Rev Pro TV through um, through Pivot Share. Does that mean I'm not? Doing it through YouTube anymore, or? I think it, yes. That, that's definitely the impression I get. Um, that What they're doing is they're going to be putting up the show for free on Pivot Share for, I think it's three days? Yeah, 72 hours for free on uh, Pivot Share. And after that, it will become... Um, Part of the archive. You have to be a subscriber. Yeah. Um, so very similar to what uh, Ring of Honor actually does on their website with their... Uh, their free membership and their paid membership where you can watch the current episode uh, on Ring of Honor TV on their website for free and then if you want to watch if you miss an episode and want to go back and watch it you have to sign up um, which does also mean that Red Pro TV is coming back which is nice to know because they'd they taped a bunch of stuff for it and then suddenly stopped airing it I'm sure there were due um, to be some really good matches in there as well I should I remember talking yeah, about got, stuff uh, that they were going to tape, and then it's never seen a lot of day. Well, they um, they actually put it all up. I think they're they're like trying to wipe the slate clean somewhat um, by they they had I think they had three and a half 
shows worth of uh, tapings worth of shows in in the bank, um, and they put up the first one and a half shows just as like on-demand archival footage, so that they're more caught up. So now they're only two tapings behind. Um, so they've just put them up as shows rather than as Red Pro TVs, and they had matches like uh, Mark Haskins versus Marty Skrull in a pretty good match, not quite the same level of their progress match, but pretty good. And then uh, also ACH versus Osprey, which was uh, about in the same area. Yeah. Uh, should we uh, recommend some matches that are on there? I think it's probably good, just going to be stuff that we've been talking about for the last year or so. Um, obviously, the, the the first one would be uh, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Zack Sabre Jr. would be on there. That's from slightly further back, so we probably didn't talk about that so much because it wasn't last year. So that would be uh, summer twenty fourteen. Uh, yes, I think. Yeah. Uh, let me just get it up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Excellent. Um, let's see AJ Styles, his run there, um, the uh, the Osprey match, the Skull match, the Triple Threat. Mm. You can watch Osprey's um, like ascension as he grows. From oh, uh, Osprey, there's Osprey everywhere. Swords of Essex, Osprey. flippy dude to. Uh, the best in the UK. And of course, our, our super hyped uh, Skull versus Osprey match mm. from two months ago. Which uh, Dave Meltzer went four and three quarter stars on, by the way. If you go to the um, Voice of Wrestling forums and you go to the RPW thread, I've actually got a. Um, I put together a list of recommended matches since. Uh, for all their archival footage, so that's since 2009, um, with the ref, uh, with the IPW UK stuff as well. Uh, and here's, here's just a few matches I've picked out. I haven't actually seen all of them, but some of them are, look so good on paper that I can't imagine they're not worth seeking out. Mm. So um, They'd have something like Morishima Mastiff on there, I think. They've got Brian Danielson versus Pac, the currently Neville, which sounds great, from 2009. Um, Pack and Haskins versus Skrull and Zack Sabre Jr., also from 2009. Um, Skrull and Zack Sabre Jr. versus El Generico and Paul London. Future Shock, so Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly versus the leaders, <coughs> Skrull and Sabre Jr. Uh, the Young Bucks versus the leaders from 2011. Uh, Johnny Gargano versus Zack Sabre Jr., 2012. Uh, Prince Devitt versus Marty Skrull versus Zack Sabre Jr. 2013. Young Bucks versus Project Ego 2014. Two Unlimited versus Osprey and McCluskey, which I thought was actually Osprey's breakout performance. Um, that was also some some Sizzler 2014. And then since then, I think you've caught all of them apart from Okada Aries. Um, Definitely and Kashida and Kyle O'Reilly that we that we saw yes. live as well that was really good. Yes. Rivaling um, the Super Juniors final, I'd say. Definitely, definitely um, one of my favourite matches from anywhere last year. Yeah, lots of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Plenty of stuff to check out. Um, it's also made the price point on Rev Pro even lower, so you've got even less of an excuse to. Um, <laughs> to avoid checking out some of the, the hype matches. 
Yeah, it's, it's um, just going to add a great to the pile move, of monthly subscription services I now have. It's <laughs> I, I'm sport for choice. Yeah, I wish PWG would do one, but yeah, I'm glad they're there though, because um, no one's forcing you to subscribe, apart from maybe me uh, telling you what to watch for this this podcast. But in general, there's there's no one forcing you to subscribe. But you should. And um, it's it's cheaper for a month than to get one VOD off Vimeo. So if even if every time you would have brought the the VOD. You just subscribe for a month. It's cheaper, and you're getting access to more. So, a, a great move, I think. Um, and speaking of RevPro, uh, last podcast we we mentioned they they'd announced um, Shibata for uh, the Summer Sizzler. Uh, they've also now announced that Tomohiro Ishii is coming back. Oh, can't wait! And t- tickets are on sale now, I believe. So. <laughs> and that's been selling very well, I've heard. Yeah, um, the front row sold out. Three rows sold out in, in a 20 couple minutes. minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got a row three seat. Can't wait to just <laughs> watch Shibata and Ishii kill some people. <laughs> My exam timetable doesn't come out, so I, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to attend yet. Comes out later this month. Hopefully, there'll still be tickets by then. Um, who who would you guys like to see um face Shibata and Ishii? Because Ooh, we talked a bit about um, the Shibata match last time, and uh, I think Mark Haskins was a prevailing name for Ishi, though. Uh, I was also um, not sure uh, of uh, Tommy End. Oh yeah, uh, I'm I'm never a huge fan of End in singles matches. I love him in a tag team, but I find he he doesn't quite work in singles matches unless they're sprints, um, like sub ten minute, and I doubt this match would be that. So. Um, but Haskins, I'd definitely be behind. Will Osprey versus Ishii would be a pretty That's special. Exactly the match <laughs> I was um, I'd, I'd like them to pick somebody he can kind of throw around a bit more. Mm. Uh, while I kind of enjoyed the match with with Damo, I'd like to see him against someone smaller. Ed, yeah, any, like, any of the top like guys, really. Naito's um, matches with Ishii from this year and then from twenty fourteen. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. The, uh, one beginning just, 2014. the one they just had was really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could see Ospreys having a very similar style match as that, and they were tremendous. So um, I think the Skull could also be good, but I, I think mm. Osprey would definitely be my person I'm looking, hoping for anyway. Yeah. My favourite issue match ever was his match against Ibushi, uh, and he only have a, ever had one of them, but uh, Osprey is similar in style to Ibushi, and he has that same kind of like crazy kamikaze fight in him, which I think he would bring to Ishii really well. So that's a dynamic that I would want to see. So <laughs> Tanahashi called him the the English Ibushi. So ah, yeah, you you, <laughs> you and him are in line on that comparison. And speaking of Will Ospreay, I don't think uh, we've mentioned it on the podcast, but uh, he's officially part of New Japan now, and he joined Chaos last week. In that, that the little video that they ran, it shows I that the going there, but uh, chaos yeah. is a, is a very big surprise. It shows that they're like firmly behind him. Like they want him to be a big part of a roster and like a permanent part of a roster. He's not just a special attraction. He is like someone they want to get behind and keep around for a while. Uh, so that's very exciting. 
it's really interesting to see them rebuilding. I love the way that they're seeing the company lose. Uh, any company that loses top guys and has to like replace them, they, they make interesting yeah. decisions. And uh, New Japan have made some really interesting ones. And he's going straight into an IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match uh, on April 10th with Kushida. So that should be really good. Immediate push for Osprey. No toiling around in undercard tags. He is, he's a star for them. Um, I I don't know anything concrete, but I'm under the impression that he's going to be around in New Japan about as much as the Young Bucks are. Um, which I think is a good amount for him. Um, it will let him selfishly. It will let him still be work work the the UK and PWG. In the same way, the Bucks still work Ring of Honor, mm. um, but he's he's going to be regular enough over there to really build up a name for himself. It's exciting times for him. Uh, would this be the first time that like a British wrestler has been like pushed this heavily in Japan, or at least the first time since like uh, Dynamite Kid or whatever? Because Saber Junior was never pushed heavily at all in Noah. Like he was. Strictly undercard tags or junior uh, tag Pac champion. had a decent run over in Dragon Gate. Yeah. Um, Jody Fleisch for uh, Mishinoku Pro. But um, yeah, in terms of big companies... Doug, uh, Williams Doug, got Doug a was in Noah. Push in Noah. Didn't get pushed to the moon or anything, but uh, tag he had titles, a tag title yeah. run or two, didn't he? Um, but, but yeah, like as far as... Coming in at the on a top level in in the biggest company, it's uh, it's a hell of a rub for for Osprey. It's a really big debut. What do you think about Chaos as a fit for him? Because for me, the the kind of running theme through Chaos is that they're kind of at this point they're not heels anymore. They're more like cocky faces. That's kind of their theme that runs through them as a group. And while that kind of fits Osprey. Um, if you're looking at like the pattern that he's been in promotions, he usually comes in as like the the kind of nervous, um, slightly uncomfortable, um, plucky baby face, and then once he's been in there for a while, um, he he develops more of a cocky side to himself. And you know, as much as we all love Rev Pro and um, even PWG, it's a big step up to to be going over to New Japan. So you'd You'd have to imagine he's at least slightly nervous. Um, do you think he'll be able to to pull off the cocky the cocky side of himself right out the gates? I think so. Yeah, I mean, we've watched the the way that he's developed over the last. Uh, I mean, I would say two years, but even just the last twelve months, he's gotten so much better. Um, I think he's uh, got that much confidence in his own ability that he can go in there and and get the job done. Um, Kashida is going to be a real easy guy for him to work with, um, so it's a good place to start. And mm. having a carder endorse him as well—that's just makes life easy. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a carder is trying to build, uh, rebuild chaos, kind of uh, with him as the as the focal point. So he's bringing his own guys in to kind of add to it. Um, and having Osprey as the first guy—that's that's a big uh, that's a big deal for him. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely ready for it. With the chaos thing, uh, you have to look at who chaos are going to be facing over the coming months, presumably. And uh, with the Los Ingo Banables lineup, uh, Okada matches with Naito, Ishi matches with Evil, but there's no junior guy in chaos to match with Bushi. So that's just what I'm thinking. They're thinking. 
uh, like Osprey can be that uh, sixth man in a potential six man tag, uh, or face Bushi down the line for the title if that's well, where they want to go with he's, it. He's going to be in the, for the Super Juniors, is he? Yeah, and maybe even the uh, the Super J. Oh, the Ooh. Super J, of course, <laughs> is um, in August. First one in like seven years, so that would be another big opportunity for him to to shine because he could easily put a run together in that. Mm-hmm. Exciting times for Will oh, Ospreay. Yeah. <laughs> Will Ospreay is, um, is having a crazy 2016. <laughs> and to think he started off in TNA this year. <laughs> <laughs> and T- TNA fans were asking, le- legitimately asking, like, why would you not go to TNA and instead go to New Japan? Um, that's why. That the, you know, having like a debut uh, moment where he's introduced by Okada is like, well, there you go. That's why. I don't think TNA would have used him at all. Even if they had pushed him heavily, like, New Japan's just a bigger company. Especially at this point, um, in TNA's low swing and New Japan's relative high swing that they've been on the last few years. Yeah. Well, we're definitely worried about TNA, but um, that's not an issue anymore. I... I... I talked to people um, who who had t- during the when Will was just starting up in his brief run with TNA his two show run three show run matches whatever or something. Um, his very short run with TNA um, someone had told me that he was being shuffled out of um, certain British pictures because he was going to be abroad a lot more um, and. Um, I put two and two together and got five and figured out that he was going to TNA and signing with TNA and I was I was so upset I thought he was wasting all his potential and, <laughs> and then Dave comes out um, that he's he's going to he's going to New Japan um, and that's why he was being shuffled out of the Rev Pro title picture and the Progress title picture and dropping all his other belts that he was holding. Um, which is the best move for him, and it's it's the logical next move. It's the I best think. place to go, really. Is. It, it, and it perfectly suits his style. Super Juniors is going to be lit. Cannot <laughs> 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 um, wait. So we we done there with uh, with Rev Pro. Yeah. Um, Ollie, you're going to talk us through uh, the 16 karat gold field. Uh, yeah. Uh, before we go for the people who are in the tournament, we will talk about the people who aren't in the tournament. Uh, there's been a few dropouts since the lineup was first announced. Um, Robert Dreisker of um, he uh, I think he broke his leg, or he's had like a pretty significant injury, something along those lines. Uh, he's been replaced by his stablemate Ilya Dragunov in Cerberus, um, and I think that's an improvement. Dragunov is a crazy wrestler, like he puts his body on the line all the time, and um, I'd actually love to see him live. He's one of the people who I would really want to see live out of everyone in the wrestling world. So that is uh, one replacement. And then two big names dropped out. Daisuke Sakamoto got replaced by Drew Galloway, and Tommy M, the defending champion, um, had to lead due to injury, so he's been replaced by Silas Young. And Young and Galloway are matching up in the first round. Um... Do we want to run through the whole first round, or just go one by one and get everyone's opinions on the people in them and the sure, matchups? Let's, 
let's go one by one. All right, so young. Do, do the one to ten gimmick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> young Galloway. Young Galloway. Or just young. Um, <laughs> so this match would have been Sakamoto and end before. Yeah. <laughs> that, how much more excited would you have been for Sakamoto and end? And I've recently, you know, I said 20 minutes ago that I'm not the biggest fan of end in singles matches, but. But Sakamoto. Yeah, I mean, I like both Young and Galloway, but I'm nowhere near as excited as I would have been. Yeah, when they announced Sekimoto was going to be there again, uh, I considered buying tickets um, because I like him that much. Um, But then he dropped out, so I didn't have to worry about it. Um, Again, like Galloway's really good. Uh, He's been good ever since he left WWE. It's like that was kind of the turning point in his career. I really like Silas Young. I think he's got a great gimmick. Uh, Galloway's probably got a bit too much... um, size for him to do to do too much in that match but yeah compared to Sekimo to an end it's alright <laughs> yeah I'd go about 5 on this match but I'm excited to see Galloway I think he's a great fit into who else is in the tournament yeah, I'll probably for a 6 um, I'm, I'm into the match but I, I, I would have just been more into what it replaced yeah I'll go 6 mm. on that as well Okay, second match, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Big Daddy Volta. Zack Daddy implode. <laughs> that, that sums up quite well. I really can't see these two working too well together. Um, their styles really don't scream that they'd mesh to me. If, and I'm not sure if I, you get a similar feel, guys. The, the thing with Sabre is he's so technically good that it almost doesn't matter who he works. Um, he, he's that good that he can kind of, you know, take whatever the other guy's got and, you know, take... It's almost like flair. It's like he can have that that same match with almost anybody and it's just how good it is depends on how good the other person is at hanging with the with the reversals. So he can, he can out-wrestle anyone. He can really work the mat with anybody. Uh, that match with Agao when he was leaving Noah showed that. I not not the I really want to say Agara and Walter are a similar sort of level of technical skill because they're not, but um, but Sabre does does have that ability. Then again, if I was picking opponents for him, I probably wouldn't pick uh, Walter. So I don't know. That's probably a five for me. I guess if you followed WXW and you're more into them as a as a tag team, then it's probably got more going for it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see like what they do together. Like Sabre Junior tends to have a lot of fun with tag partners um, in singles matches. Uh, think back to the Skull match in the Super Strong Style semi final, but in progress last year, uh, it was kind of like a, a lot of like <laughs> a lot of like comedy in that match. Uh, so they might go more towards that angle, but they also might just kick the crap out of each other. Um, I'm excited to see what they do. I'll go six. I'm probably four. I'm I'm really not that into this, but it, I'm I'm at least intrigued to see how the matches worked, even if I'm not necessarily looking forward to the match itself that much. Okay, should we go third match? Third match. Sure. Okay, Will Ospreay versus Shane Strickland. 
What do we think? Ah, kill shot. Yep. <gasps> I, I I think we're allowed to uh, <laughs> unmask him there because he unmasks himself on his own Twitter profile. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, that should be good. I mean, Osprey against anyone at the moment. Um, it is good. Uh, Strickland's got a lot of skill. It should be a very good match. I'd say, like, first round, you're looking at the first round uh, fixtures, as it were. That's in the top half, I'd say, the, the matches mm. I want to see. I'll go seven on that. Definitely, definitely. Um, it's, it's not a match I've ever... Before this, before seeing the card, I'd gone, yeah, I really want to see a Strickland versus Osprey match. But they have two guys whose styles will probably fit each other really well, and um, I can't imagine it being bad. Um, yeah, I'm probably about a seven too. Yeah, I'll go seven on seven this one as well. As well. Um, Osprey should be in line for like a big tournament run here, right? He's he's the man on everyone's uh, lips right now, so. Yeah, the only thing kind of holding it against him is uh, I I didn't think he was great going through bowler. It looked like he got... Uh, I don't know if he picked up an injury there, but he looked really fatigued going through. It might just be that it was it was too hot for him. I mean... I thought mm-hmm. that was selling. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he was kind of gassed, but um, I, I put that down to the, the temperature in the building because it's, it's like an oven. So uh, maybe the European climate will be more to his liking. I thought he did really well in the, the tournament environment of the Super Strong style. So, you know, that's, uh, that's perhaps fair. more comparable. Uh, we'll move on. Should we move on to uh, Kim Ray versus Sammy Callahan? I think he will match up with Callahan quite well from the little I've seen. I, I don't pretend to be any sort of um, WXW expert. I, I've maybe seen two or three matches from him, but... Um, he, he strikes me as a guy Callahan can work well with, and I'm, I'm a big fan of Callahan. Um, thought he was really wasted in NXT, and I'm um, interested to see what he can do here. Hope he puts a run together. Yeah, it's quite rare that people go into NXT and just get kind of like nothing really when they come in good and then nothing happens. It, it's kind of disappointing because you kind of think everything over there is firing well, working. So. Yeah, that was that was disappointing. Solomon Crow run it didn't go at all well. Um, well, he just took so long to debut, and by the time he debuted, it you know he he'd lost all the buzz he had from his indie run because he'd been there like eighteen months without doing anything. Um, he also yeah, had the, the, the worst finisher I've ever seen. <laughs> Sorry, he also had the worst finisher he I've ever seen. I don't even remember what it was. Uh, he, he like. Like a splash off the ropes, but standing. <laughs> I really don't remember that. Like, leans back against the ropes, and then that kind of slingshots him forward into a a, splash, a standing splash. That sounds terrible. I've watched his matches in NXT. Why can't I remember that? I must have blocked because he never that won. out. Oh, he's worst his yeah. point. He did lose quite a lot. Um, yeah, I... I think he's got to work a little bit to kind of get that that run out of his system. Uh, like Matt Seidel, when he came out of uh, WWE, he wasn't great for about six months, and then all of a sudden, he kind of worked the ring rust off, and he was it was in good shape again. I know Sammy's been working uh, while he was in NXT, so it shouldn't be as much of a problem. He certainly looked pretty good in Evolve. 
at the start of the year. Definitely. Um, sorry? Definitely. Oh, definitely. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'll go with six. Uh, four. <laughs> oh, no. Four. Not a Sammy fan. Nah, he doesn't really do much for me. Shot down in flames. <laughs> uh, moving on to Trevor Lee and Helico. That should be pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's an interesting mixture of skills that they've got there. Um, and Helico, I'm not really that into Lucha. Um, I, I do like it when it's good. And, and Helico is good enough that, you know, he's kind of got my attention. Um, Trevor Lee, I'd say, is more a wrestler um, up my alleyway. Even though I don't really like the personality he comes across with, it just seems overly like I don't even know what the word like rednecky, <laughs> and I don't think he really needs to do that. I think he's fine getting over on uh, on work alone. But um, it should be a good mixture of, of styles in there. I'm pretty sure they could work with each other. They've um, they're globe trotters, both of them, so they mm. they should be good. I don't think in terms of like the high flying matchup, it will be as good as Osprey Strickland, but it should still be pretty interesting. Trevor Lee had a, a I thought a very good match with um, Will Osprey at um, the not the most recent All Star Weekend, but the 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 most recently released one anyway. Um, and. And Helico is a similar-ish style as Osprey, probably more, slightly more spotty. He's a bit more gangly. Um, he's more, more of a big spot guy, which, which is saying something because Osprey is a, <laughs> a big, high-flying guy. Um, but I, I can imagine them working well together. I'm probably about a seven for this. Yeah, I was yeah I'll seven go seven as well. Uh, Ilya Dragunov versus Mike Bailey. I'm really into this one. Mm. Uh, I'm a big fan of both guys. I, again, I haven't seen as much as I'd like to have uh, from Dragonov, and that's obviously my own fault. But um, I could see these two working really well together. Um, this is my most anticipated first round match. Um, I'm probably about mm, probably an eight. Yeah, I'll say it's my most anticipated first round match as well, and go eight as well. Uh, <laughs> completely copying Rob there. Uh, Based on the on the hype, yeah, I'd, I'd be up there. But um, I really haven't seen very much of Dragonoff at all, so I, I need to see more of him. Uh, mm. The guys in this tournament, I think he's probably the guy I've seen the least of. I feel like this would be a very good introduction, though. Like I feel him and Bailey are gonna just stiff each other quite a lot, and like really create. Uh, hard-hitting, uh, brutal match. <laughs> I could see this uh, getting ugly, but also beautiful at the same time. Beautifully ugly. Beauty in combat. <laughs> yeah. Um, next up, Sasha Keel versus uh, the winner of the Road to 16 Carat League, my favourite wrestler in the whole world, Timothy Thatcher. Did he find you after the last podcast? <laughs> uh, he has not found me yet. No, I'm in hiding. That's probably for the best. Well, I like Timothy Thatcher. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's going to be like a, a, a map-based um, 
Matt, it might be the the most Matt Basty match in the uh, in the first round, but uh, I mean that's I like that, so I'll, I'll go with six. I will skip it because I I've got to the point where I skip all Thatcher matches because I've watched enough of them to realise <laughs> I don't get what he does. Um, it's he, just he too dry for wrong. me. <laughs> He's a wrestler. <laughs> he wrestles boringly. Um, so yeah, zero. Uh, yeah, I'll go zero on this as well because Sasha Keel doesn't really do much for me. He had a, a really crappy match with Uha Nation in last year's tournament. Um, and if you can't have a good match Which with Uha Nation, yeah. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I don't think they'll mesh very well either. And yeah, <laughs> no positives at all. <laughs> Uh, the last match is an at least it gets one of them at the tournament, <laughs> but it keeps one of them in. <laughs> That's true. Oh dear, glass half full, glass half empty. Um, the last match in the first round is an interesting one. It's an I Quit match between Marty Skull and Axel Dieter Jr., who've been feuding for a while in WXW. Uh, what do we think of this one? I would have really been looking forward to this match if it wasn't an I Quit match because I think these two are two guys who can have a really good um, just standard standard rules match in a non-hardcore environment I think they mesh really well um, and they probably have had a, a singles match I just haven't seen it um, but it'd be nice to have that at the, um, the bigger stage at the 16 carat which is really uh, for WXW, the the time when they've got most eyes of them, uh, eyes on them every year. Um, I'm not re- usually a huge fan of I Quit matches. They don't usually do a lot for me, but it will probably be at least good because both these guys are very good. Um, Skull has been having one hell of a year. Um, I he's definitely won me over completely. Before I thought he was good, not great. Um, his January and February of have definitely changed my opinion on that. So, um, let's go six again for that one. Um, looking forward to it, but would have been looking forward to it more if it wasn't an I Quit match. Yeah, I can see that. Um, it certainly requires, like, knowledge of the build to understand why it's an I Quit match. Um, but I think they can do some good stuff with this. I think, like, both guys have submission finishes, so they can work that into the I Quit stuff. I don't think it like the I Quit stipulation will like make the match too weird or get in the way of them having a good match. I think they can work it into it rather than working around it. Um, and I think uh, it's a good way to like establish Dita Jr. by beating a guy like Skrull um, and advancing forward because Dita Jr. is probably the favourite to win the whole tournament. Um, do, does anyone else have any uh, hot tips? for the winner. Dita Jr. was the guy I was thinking would win. Um, we were discussing before we started recording how how little German representation there was in this tournament. Um, there was originally going to be three guys and then um, one of them dropped out so now we're down to just Axel Dita Jr. and uh, Kim, Kim Ray? Kim Ray, yeah, that's it. Kim Ray. Um, and that that's it, and you'd have to imagine at least one of them um, has a has a a good run, and I think Dita Junior is probably the guy to do that. Um, they usually put over uh, a homegrown WXW guy pretty strong in the tournament. Um, 
and I think Dita Jr. is the one that makes most sense for that to happen. Um, you've got Walter, who's always pushed pretty strong by WXW, um, but I, I think I don't feel like it would make too much sense to give him the win again. I say again, I think he's won it before. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't name a year, but. Um, <laughs> Sabre Jr.'s always a chance, because he, he's in, especially now he doesn't have his Noah commitments, he's in WXW enough that it, you could see him doing it. Um, uh, I, think, I definitely wouldn't have him as favourite, but I think there's a chance. I think Osprey is uh, certainly a contender with all the buzz he's getting. Uh, he uh, should still be able to appear for them. Uh, he, I could see him winning this one as well. I can't see him winning it. But I think there's a good chance he has a good run and then puts over um, DC Jr. to, you know, perhaps in the final. Do we, do we actually have the brackets or is it just first round matches? I've only seen a list. I haven't seen a bracket. Yeah, I haven't seen a bracket either. I think I I think they just do it at, like at random, higgledy piggledy. It's not like they're running down the bracket in match order or anything. No, no bracket we can find then. Um, also, on this um, weekend of shows, you've got a, a three-way match between Bad Bones, Carsten Beck, and Absolute Andy. Um, so that's what a tremendous the, name that is. That's kind of the the European WXW homegrown guys who aren't in the tournament but are pushed all together in one match. Um, not the biggest fan of Bad Bones. Carsten Beck's okay. Andy's pretty good. Uh, yeah, he's could absolute. Be right. Could be alright. He he definitely is. <laughs> absolutely pretty good. And then we've got Blue Pants also making an appearance. Ah, Lever. Um, yeah. Don't, don't care. Looks like a pretty good tournament. Um, We've got. Uh, do we have any dream matches we'd like to see out of the the potential field for the tournament in later rounds? Osprey versus Dragonov jumps out. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much Osprey against anyone's fine by me. <laughs> um, I'd like to see Sammy Callahan versus. Well, I would say Skrull, but I think he's probably going out in the first round, so... Galloway, maybe? That'd be fun. Could be good, could be good. Um, Deese Jr. versus Callahan sounds fun. There's a lot of good matches on paper, but there's not too many that I'm going, yes, I really, really want to see that. And there were there... Uh, last year there was Sabre Jr. versus Axel Tisha straight off the bat, and that was uh, like a really awesome match and the send off for Tisha in WXW. So that was the one that leaped out last year. There's nothing that like leaps out this year like that. If Sekimoto hadn't pulled out, there would have been so many. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> every match. So, yeah, basically every Sekimoto his, match his, is a dream match. His match in every round, unless he faced Thatcher. Which I would uh, want to see anyway, so. Every match is a dream or match. Or Keel. Or Keel. Um, 
I expect it will be a very consistent tournament, um, but maybe not with quite the the really high end stuff. Although there's matches that we're probably sleeping on that could be really good. Um, you know, Trevor Lee versus Sammy Callahan. You could easily see them going four stars, but it, it it's not something that jumps out at you or anything. Um, but yeah, should be a fun weekend of shows. Okay. Um, there's a match that's gone up on, I want to say YouTube. It was YouTube, wasn't it? It was YouTube, yeah. Um, between Will Ospreay and Chris Ridgway uh, from Shropshire Wrestling Association, I want to say. Uh, might be Alliance, Alliance it doesn't matter anyway because they've closed. Oh, have they? Uh, they've, <laughs> they've they've closed and well, they've they've been absorbed into the um, the VII family or the Seven family. I'm not sure. That explains you, why you it say says it. Seven in the corner on the video, which I kind yeah. of looked it, at that. It's numerals. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be pronounced VII or I think seven, it's probably but, think um, it's seven. <laughs> it's probably seven wrestling. I'm not sure what the seven refers to, but um, they they've been booking some good cards, and they were towards the end of when they were Shropshire Wrestling A, <laughs> whatever the A was. Shows how prepared we are. Um, um, Cage match says it's Alliance. Ah, I nailed it then. I nailed it. Yes, so I was um, wrong. Uh, and I. I saw this match pop up in, in YouTube as a, a free match, um, gave it a watch, um, and thought it was really good, um, especially considering it's two 22-year-olds facing off e against each other, neither of them that experienced, Osprey taking the role of the more experienced guy in a match. I, I um, didn't realise when I saw it how inexperienced Ridgeway really is. I mean, he was literally like a year into his career. Uh, at the point when it took place, uh, which was like last June, was it? Or last summer? Uh, last summer, definitely, I think. Um, definitely, I think. What a great phrase. <laughs> um, but that, that's the thing that really impressed me. Uh, and it kind of leads into one of our questions, which we're going to be answering in a minute. Um, but he, I thought Ridgeway really showed a lot of potential in this match. And at the same time, Osprey was really good at, at kind of guiding him through it. Um, it's not a match that's going to show up on any match of the year lists, but for a guy who's one year or maybe a year and a half into his wrestling career, I thought this was a tremendous performance and well worth checking out. Um, perhaps went a little long. I, I was I was worried to begin with at the start of the match. Uh, it's a really small venue. There's like uh, what fifty people there, and I've seen a lot of shows in venues like that. And the temptation is to well, for starters, take it easy because no one's watching. But secondly, um, you see these small venue things kicking in where they'll try and play with the crowd that are there because that's what they've got to play with. And about a minute in, uh, Ridgeway is kind of complaining of a hair pull. And I'm getting like uh, the Memphis from the 70s vibe from it. And it, I, I was worried. Um and then they had a bit of a chat when they were in chin lock, and it got a lot better after that. So I don't know what I don't know what they were talking about, but uh, it the <laughs> the moves that they were doing were for Osprey. It's not a surprise, but for him to be working somebody so inexperienced and having a match of that quality, I was very impressed. 
Yeah, I saw this match uh, as well. Um, I thought, like, Ridgeway, he couldn't quite keep up with Osprey, um, which is why I mentioned, like, earlier that Ryan Smile is just, like, uh, pace for pace with Osprey. Um, but you can't really hold that against him since he is, like, so young and inexperienced. But uh, he certainly showed potential. I know he was, uh, like, a last-minute replacement on the uh, Tetsujin shoot-style show. Um, so, like, he is known, he's, like, putting his name out there, and, um, like, us talking about this match is, like, something to go out of your way to go and see, uh, certainly shows that he has potential to be a star in the future. Definitely one to keep your eye on. Um, there were one or two moments in this match where it did feel like he was rushing somewhat, um, but you can kind of forgive him for that, being how inexperienced he is, and working a guy getting the same level as hype as Osprey is even was at that time. Um it big opportunity for him and um I th- thought he really delivered. Um I'll leave a uh I- I'll put a link in the-, the show notes so you can go out and check it. But go and check it out even. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd I'd probably skip over the start. Like the first first couple of minutes is a little bit rough, but um after that it's all good. And then the last and also the last few were uh, a little bit overkill, and you can tell it's two twenty-two-year-olds going out there. Yeah, yeah the Essex it's, destroyer, it's the the bump on that was not good. It just they felt like everything had gone a bit uh, wonky at that point. But um, they were doing some really good stuff in the match. There's some good ideas. I'll, I'll leave it at that, and, and you I can go and watch they, it. I thought they held it together pretty well after that. You know, there there was that point when the Essex destroyer went a bit wrong, and you thought, oh this match is going to fall completely apart now, but they, they managed to pull it back together relatively quickly from what I can remember. Yeah, it's pretty much on the next sequence, I think. Um, Osprey uh, showed a lot of maturity in this one. Um, he's heading into sort of a, more of a, a ring general phase of his career already, which is terrifying because he's 22. <laughs> Also, uh, I thought this match was like a like since it's a free match and anyone can view it, like it's a good way to like get a window into like these uh, lower or mid level UK indies. Like if you've only ever seen Rev Pro or Progress, but like want to like go deeper, this is like a good entryway into that because it just shows you uh, like a talent in Ridgeway who has you've never seen him before on any of those like big companies. Then so, like just like talking about uh, the OTT show and. A show I watched today, the 4FW show with Kenny Omega and some other big stars, uh, Pentagon Jr. and Drago. Uh, like, just seeing what else the UK has to offer other than uh, the big three um, is interesting. And this is like a, a free way of looking at it in that if you don't want to make the money investment. And it, it really opened my eyes up to um, Reach Way because... He he wasn't someone who I was particularly um, was keeping tabs on before this, and he's definitely someone I'm. I, I want to see him get opportunities in other places now because um, it'd be it'd be nice to see him play working like the level above where he is because he I think he's you know if he's working the SWEs the the attacks um, that'd be a good spot for him at the moment, and then eventually in like um. He'd be a good addition to ne- next year's or later this year's natural progression series, for example. Yeah, New York um, 
the whatever it's called, the uh, global force, whatever they're doing um, over here. And you work that. Yeah, the, work to the match George on that Magnus tour. And Jarrett shows. Yeah, he worked, he's worked so. the undercard on one, on one of those. All good experience. All good experience, I imagine. Um, yeah, so that was just something popped up on YouTube. We thought um, we'd we'd bring to people's attention. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, leave it in the show notes, uh, a link to the match. Um, and then that's kind of everything we had planned um, to talk about. Um, a relatively shorter episode so far. Um, so we did throw out the on the Voice of Wrestling forums and on Twitter uh, a call for questions. We got a couple, um, not a huge amount, um, two exactly, so exactly a couple. <laughs> um, but uh, two good questions to ask about and uh, a good good plug for the Voice of Wrestling forums. Um, definitely worth checking out. Uh, one of the best wrestling forums out there, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and in, if in future episodes we do find ourselves um, topic light, uh, we will be asking for questions on there again, I imagine. Um, so the first question we had uh, from Voice of Wrestling staff member Garrett Kidney. Uh, he was nice enough to, to get the ball rolling after a while of no questions at all. Um, he asked, with the increasing likelihood that many of the most vaunted wrestlers in the UK indie scene right now will attract further international attention um who do you guys see stepping up and filling the void they may leave so i i think what he's kind of getting at here is that osprey is going to be in the uk less um he's still going to be there but you can't really build again around him fully anymore um and you've kind of noticed that he's everyone's taken their titles off of him uh, he's been shuffled out of the Rev Pro title scene. Um, he's taken the belt off him in progress. Um, guys like Skrull and Sabre Jr., they're, they're getting their big breaks over in the US, and you wouldn't be shocked to see them over in the the uh, Global Cruiserweight series um, but on the WWE Network, um, especially since Rev Pro and Progress have both been... Um, Linked name drops by um, name dropped by, Paul. Got, uh, by Triple H himself <laughs> um, as promotions that could um, kind of be um, they're sourcing they're going to be sourcing talent from and scouting talent from and you'd have to imagine Saber Junior and Skrull would be at least close to the top of the list there and I think you could probably also throw in Haskins there um, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw all three of them in the the Cruiserweight series. Um, and then from there, who knows what might happen. We may see them end up in NXT, depending on how they perform, depending on what mood the hybrids <laughs> are at the, that time. Um, so the question's kind of asking, who who do we see as the next stage of the UK Indies? Because this current crop is in has impressed so much that they're probably not going to be around for too much longer. Well, with um, I mean, it's been a long time coming for for Saber Junior and Skrull. I mean, they've been working the uh, the UK scene for like ten years, so this is not something that's really happened overnight for them. Whereas Osprey has been a lot quicker. Um, 
so it it's kind of hard to say how much longer they're going to be here so but if we are assuming that they're going to go um it is it's kind of tough to pick people coming up i mean osprey uh when i first saw him was kind of you know an opening act guy did a lot of flips um there aren't too many uh, wrestlers out there at the moment apart from like I don't want to say Flash Morgan Webster that does a lot of flips. Who's like an opening match guy. Um, it should stay that way. Oh yeah, I'm not suggesting that uh, <laughs> that he should be moved at the card. But there there are a lot of very solid uh, wrestlers who can expand upon their current repertoire. Um, I think El Ligero is kind of unused in progress. He's doing very well as a heel, but um, if anyone who's seen him from before that when he wrestled in singles uh he's a very good wrestler um we kind of like ashton smith uh tyler bates another guy that's uh tickled our fancy mm. i think that he's he's very young but then so was will osprey i think it's uh it's just opened up a a world of potential out there for people to to step into those spots uh, Jack Gallagher think, is somebody I really need to mention. If we uh, look at the OTT main event, uh, the two guys who aren't going to New Japan soon, uh, Ryan Smile and Pete Dunne, they're both absolute standout acts who I've been watching for a while now. Um, they keep getting better and better every time I see them. Um, like Ryan Smile could very easily fill in a role as like uh, like the new Will Ospreay as like a baby face, but he's also fantastic as a heel. Like he's just got such great charisma. Um, uh, maybe that only translates in a small venue. I don't know how it would translate in somewhere like the York Hall or Electric Ballroom, but I'm sure like he has lots of talent and he could make that work. Uh, so Ryan Smile is definitely someone who has never gotten like a big opportunity in a big company. Who I would like to see. Pete Dunne, like he's getting this push in Rev Pro, uh, and he's making the most of that. So those are two guys who are exciting and I could talk about all day for. Uh, but we all know the true future of Britress is Dahlia Black. So From New Zealand. Shh. <laughs> 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 um, thinking about this question, I think if somehow later in this year, um, Osprey, for whatever reason becomes a full-time in New Japan and isn't in the UK at all. Um, for, you know, there's a chance that happens. I don't think it's going to, but... And then Skrull, Haskins, and Sabre Jr. all get snapped up by NXT after the Cruiserweight series. I'm not saying it's going to happen again, but... I'd say it's unlikely, but... Possibility. <laughs> um, w- weirdly high possibility, you know, even thinking about two years... Um, I think if that happened, there would definitely be a significant dip in quality. Because after those four guys, I think there's a bit of a a, a fairly sizable gap at the moment. And there's a lot of guys coming up like Chris Ridgeway, um, like Pete Dunn, like Tyler Bate, uh, like Pastor William Eva, who are showing a lot of potential. But I do get the feeling that they're like, one or two years at least. Maybe not Pete Dunne. I think Pete well, Dunne's probably the closest. It's not even so much the the time that's involved, it's the matches that they haven't had. 
Um, yes, that's true. I think if they had the opportunity to work with the likes of Osprey, Skull, Haskins, I think you'd see something out of, of all of those guys. I think they're capable of stepping it up, but they need to have those matches before they can't, if you know what I mean. I think um, yes, all the British promotions you know, are going to have to start booking for the, the future. Made... Yeah, the matches that made Osprey were probably the Seidel matches. Uh, if you, you can kind of almost draw a line before and after the Seidel matches, um, and you, you can notice a huge uh, improvement. Whether that improvement would have happened anyway, who's to say, but... Um, because Osprey, you've got Osprey, Skrull, uh, Sabre Jr., Haskins on top, and they're the guys getting the big international matches at the moment. Guys like Pete Dunne, maybe less so. Um, yeah. Josh Bowden was another name. The, the alternative um, is, of course, bringing people in from outside to work with the young guys and get them ready, um, which I noticed Pete Dunne worked, uh, I want to say Sanjay Dutt, so that's uh, so, yeah. that's uh, the kind of thing that the uh, British promotions need to do is get those young guys ready, have them work more experienced wrestlers uh, who work in a different uh, variety of styles from all over the world to get them ready to to step up and take those spots when they become available. And to be fair, I think that is happening. Um, you mentioned Pete Dunne working Sanjay Dutt. He's recently been announced to be facing ACH on... Um, the next Rev Pro, next big Rev Pro show, um, which looking. is a good match for him, um, and a good match in general. Match I'm looking for. Andy Corden, he, he knows what he's doing. He does, he does. Apart from booking Buff Bagwell, <laughs> yeah. but he didn't. He did actually realize his mistake. <laughs> he did. He didn't bring him back. Yeah. Um. um so I think our, our general. Our general feeling towards that question is there's guys who can fill the roles but they're not ready yet and hopefully over the next year or so they will be elevated to the point where they are ready yeah. um, both in terms of skill and aura because um, you if you putting a t you can't really put a Tyler Bate in a progress main event currently because he hasn't beaten anyone uh, and he wouldn't it wouldn't feel right but, you know, give him a couple of wins under his belt and in six months, who knows? Who knows? I think that the one um, guy that we've got who's capable of, of carrying a promotion and, and carrying like series of matches against people would be El Ligero. So I, I would probably be looking to lean towards Ligero in between, um, you know, while others were being built up. I don't think I'm as high on Ligero as you. Um, I see him as a, a very... You know, it, it's a phrase that's overused, but I see him as a very good hand. Um, he's a guy who can have a good match with anyone, but I don't, I haven't seen that many matches which have truly been great from him. Um, it, he's a guy who would be a solid fill-in, but I wouldn't want to rely on him for too long, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, that that'd be a guy you could kind of lean on for a while. He's definitely not the future, but he he could be. He could be there for a couple of months while you wait. I can agree with that, yeah. There's, there's one guy who uh, we've sort of forgotten over the past few months who's a bit like Ligarian, that he's a bit of a veteran, but he's also young enough to also kind of be the future. That's Noam Dar. Uh, I could, he, like, he has legitimacy 
within like all three of the top uh promotions that he could certainly like be a main eventer if in a pinch if they needed him. He's kind of off my radar at the moment. Working yeah. primarily, this is the thing with ICW. ICW they have built guys. They're, they're the, the of the the big three, as it were. They're the the one promotion that has built internally, and that they don't really they're not afraid of losing anyone. I don't think. Um, Grado is working TNA, but you know how long a TNA going to be uh, working a big schedule? He's still working ICW anyway. So um, the guys that they've built up, they've done a really good job with. Whether anyone else would want to take advantage of that, I know it's Joe Coffey, work in progress. So who's and Damo and Damo as a tag team? There are guys out there. The voids are always filled, and they're usually entertaining seeing them filled. As long as it isn't, you know, Flash Morgan Webster and Zach Gibson, I'm sure we'll be fine. I like Zach. Oh, I, I like Zach. Um, you do. You're a Liverpool fan. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, he, he doesn't strike me as um, the future in, you know. I see him in a similar way as Liguero. Um, But yeah, let, let's move on to our next question and final question. Um, it's kind of a similar question, really. Um, in your guys' opinion, who is the next wrestler, or who should be the next wrestler from the UK indie that who's currently on the UK indie scene that should um, be booked over in the US indie scene in places like PWG, Evolve, and Chikara? Um, Haskins, um, I imagine, would be an answer from all three of us. Yeah, there's, there's not really anyone else that's that ready, is there? Uh... I think. Pastor William Eva would get really over in Chikara. <laughs> I think PWG. I think they would work there as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that's that's fair as well. Um, I think both environments would really suit him. Um, in the same way, Dalton, Dalton Castle, you know, uh, from all reports, was hugely over on his first um, PWG appearance just from coming through the uh, through the curtain. Uh, I imagine Eva would be. Similarly um, greeted, uh, although he's not a guy I I can see being brought over to soon. Um, but I think it would be for, a good for option. For the future, one for the future. As for evolve, um, maybe Bodum. Um, he'd probably have to figure Gallagher? out his character. Well, oh Gallagher, Gallagher, yeah, Gallagher would Fitz? be good. Yeah, Gallagher would. Uh, I can't really comment too much on the the. The grapple fuckers, but uh, <laughs> we banned that word, Rob. I you can, you can no longer use that word. <laughs> What's wrong with it? <laughs> it's it's the worst thing I've ever heard. It's making the uh, wrestling, wrestling a dirty word. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst word for the worst styling wrestling. Oh, uh, that's harsh. It's better than better than deathmatch. Yeah, harsh. Um, better than deathmatch. But yeah, um, I, I get the sense that Gallagher would fit well in with the Catchpoint team over in Evolve, um, if you prefer that. That was, that was much better. <laughs> <laughs> Although apparently Thatcher doesn't like it being called Catchpoint, so oh. there you go. <laughs> um, well, that's probably the better of the two. 
if he was, if it was going to be called something. I personally would just call okay. it wrestling, but <laughs> it's a specific style. Um, who else would fit well? Would Damo work? Mm. I'm not sure Damo would be a perfect fit for any of those three, nah. three companies. Really, I think Damo's a bit be better British. Be you know. A better fit in. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Honor. Damo would fit perfectly in Japan, but not in America. I wouldn't think. Yeah, maybe Ring of Honor, but probably not the others. He doesn't really have a style that that, that lends itself to uh, PWG crowds like very specific things, and he doesn't do any of them. Uh, who else? Who else? Dahlia Black. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'd love to see her in Shimmer. Or Shine. Yeah. Or... Uh, I can't think of any other women's promotions. AIW in a match against another woman. Careful, clarify. <laughs> um, yeah. Clarify, clarification. There we go. Um, or Pollyanna, for that matter. Um, yeah, I feel I like she'd do well. Pollyanna's style and just the way she presents herself would fit very well into uh, Shimmer and Shine. I think probably Ginny in a year. See how she comes on. Uh, certainly, her personality's come around really well. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she's quite there um, wrestling-wise yet, but she's definitely on the right path. And I don't think you'd want her to go over now no, when no, she's no. not quite the finished product. Um, it's always better to go wait over until it. you can actually make a, a real lasting impression. There's people who Definitely. who go to uh, like a, a big promotion too soon that it kind of leaves a mark on them of you know oh they weren't ready send them back and then you don't come back. Pete Dunne would be fun um, <laughs> in. All three, I guess. Yeah, Although I think, I think he already has been in Chikara a bit. Yeah, Pete, uh, Pete Dunne and um, uh, I think a few others in that scene. Dan Maloney, Tyler Bate, they've all went to King of Trios. Um, I'll try and remember the full lineup, but I can't right now, so we'll move on. But uh, uh, Pete... MK, I think MK went over, McKinnon. He might have, Flash Morgan might have as well. Yeah, Flash Morgan did. Yeah, and maybe Damien Dunne as well. I think those were six. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Trent Seven went over. Yes, yes. It's not not MK McKinnon, Trent Seven, but yeah. Uh, Pete Dunn, out of all those guys, I think would fit in PWG and evolve really well. So, I, uh, Pete Dunn, I think, is just a universal answer for like who's gonna be a, a, a future star in two or three years. Like he's got the, all the done to bet on. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Norm Dahl would fit well in a bowl, I think. So, Have I dropped connection? No, no, no. no. <laughs> We're just pondering it. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. We're pondering Norm Dahl in a bowl. Yeah, I think he's he's got a, a technical enough style. That's probably doing him a disservice. He, he's a very good technical wrestler. I think he'd fit w really well in a bowl. But he could also mix up with the, the Johnny Garganos of... And, um, Sammy Callahan's of of old too. Um, he's very versatile, and I think he'd yeah, I think he'd fit in really well there. Um, Joe Kofi maybe. 
I think his gimmick, his gimmick would go over well. Point, <laughs> We're just uh, throwing out like, all the names. I'm, I'm just laughing at how much your voice went up at the end of that. <laughs> so was that a question? It, oh yeah, it's definitely a question. How high his, his voice went? Yeah. So what we're saying is there are plenty of guys that can uh, that have potential. So even if Osprey and Skull and whoever else uh, leave the scene, we still have great depth. I, I don't think you, you're going to lose them like permanently. I mean, Doug Williams still works here. Uh, Grado still works here, even though he's with TNA. Mark Andrews still works here. I don't think you'd... You're going to lose them permanently. You're just going to lose them as the, the only main place you lose them to is WWE. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much um, it. And I could see one or two signings, but I imagine at the very least we'll still have Osprey this time next year, um, and he's my favourite anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, I think we're we're about wrapping up now. So a slightly uh, abbreviated episode this this time, but we're. We we managed to stretch it out enough, considering we were fairly topic light. Um, thanks for listening. Um, head on over to voicesofwrestling.com for all your wrestling reviews and columns and previews and like. Um, and also historyofwrestling.com. Got to be be fair to arm and <laughs> for one mania. It's uh, historyofwrestling.weebly.com. Oh. I don't know why it's a uh doesn't have like a direct well, that's because we can't afford it is why it doesn't have a direct link but uh, yeah it's got a, it's a weebly <laughs> in the middle of it. my apologies my apologies um yes i was about to wrap up completely but that just reminded me plugs are probably something we should be doing <laughs> uh ollie do you want to start uh yeah f4w uh euro newsletter for all your euro news needs we've been talking a lot about wxw and of a myriad of lineup changes over the last few weeks. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to 16 Carat. And you can find me at Twitter at another Ollie. You can find me on Twitter at, uh, at the R double. And I, I, hmm, probably before the next episode, I have a, a Brit Ref set of articles in the works set to come out on Voice of Wrestling. Um, for you to keep an eye out on, um, basically covering all the major and semi-major promotions of the scene, um, giving you a bit of a guide, um, and letting people know who live in the UK and may not be aware that they have a a great wrestling promotion right on their doorstep, uh, hopefully pointing them in the right direction. Uh, that should start coming out sometime in March, depending on uh, if I find the right people to get um, live perspectives from Voice of Wrestling is the hub for all my stuff, pretty much. Uh, Arn. Uh, yeah, you follow me uh, at Arnold Furious on uh, Twitter. Uh, reviews are over at uh, historyofwrestling.weebly.com, and that's it. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we will probably be back towards the middle slash end of March to be previewing the next progress show. Um, chapter 28, 7? 7. 7. Numbers are hard. Um, <laughs> I've said thanks for listening about six times by now, so thanks for listening again, and see you next time. Cheers.
here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.